Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income. Um, this podcast is unique, and I'm going to get into it. This is, I think I said in the podcast, I'm excited about this one, like a million dollars excited, which you'll hear in the podcast. Uh, but we actually were going to record this one for another podcast, right, Connor? Yep, that's it. So this is going to be here on self-storage income. We also published this on the AJ podcast, formerly known as the uh, Cash Flow to Freedom podcast, uh, <sighs> trying to consolidate things, make things easier for you guys, all that good jazz, rebranding the Cash Flow to Freedom and everything. So that's exciting. But yeah, this this podcast, we're like, dude, what, what podcast do we put this on? And we're like, both. Because <laughs> this is just so incredible, such yeah. awesome knowledge for everybody to know. Um, that is investing in real estate. This is a massive, massive tool that you guys can use and leverage. Today. That, yeah, right now. Today. That right a lot now. of people don't even know about, aren't even using uh, to limit that tax exposure. Well, to give you any idea, we'll get into this, uh, but before we go any further, um, we were able to get a million dollars of write-offs on one property um, with our guest and with his uh, use. That's why we have him on here. Um, this guy will, you know, he'll probably eliminate our taxes for years to come on just a few assets. Um, so this is really, really powerful. But before we let you guys in, before we get in on that, um, we're talking obviously about tax systems, which needs to work uh, hand in hand, and you need to look at this in your P&Ls, but also with your financing. And if you're going to financing, you need to use Live Oak Bank because Live Oak Bank is our sponsor. And the reason why I chose Live Oak Bank, I've said this before, but I literally chose them and I invited them. So most uh, people that come and want to sponsor, they come to ask if they could come on. As you guys know, I'm extremely picky about uh, content on here. We've had podcasts that we've recorded and I've never even uploaded because I, I didn't like the content. So um, LiveOak Bank specializes in two things. First of all, SBA loans, where they do it quickly. They get rid of a lot of the hurdles. But one of the major, there's two major reasons that I like them, which we've covered before. So I'm going to touch on a couple of things and tell you, tell you something else. But their access to markets is in they look at markets that other ones traditionally don't. So we're talking, um, you know, they'll go into markets that when we got started, we had trouble financing in um, from the large banks, which made no sense because the assets were great. They look at your business plan. So they're viewing the asset and your business plan overall together that they're financing. And really, they become a partner. And if you go back and listen to the podcast, right, with Terry, and you hear what Terry Campbell talks about on that podcast, 
you see how they approach it and how they're looking at it from a partner situation, which you need to be looking at because they are a partner. They're your financial partner. Um, so for that reason, um, as well as many other ones, if you guys are looking at refinancing or financing your deals, you got to go talk to Terry Campbell, go to Live Oak Bank. Um, once again, please, everybody, tell them that you came from our podcast. That helps us out. Tell them AJ Osborne heard you on the Self Storage Income Podcast. And as for our other sponsor, Janus International. So Janus International is our other sponsor that we have on here. You guys, if you have, if you don't know about Janus International, first of all, you need to because they're like the largest metal fabrication company um, in cell storage, and their doors are wide known. If you guys go, though, to my Instagram, AJ Osborne, and I think I have it pinned on my stories. I do. I have it pinned on my stories. And it's the uh, keyless technology, our touchless system, for renters to come in and rent from us without ever having to even work with a manager. That technology is provided through them, and it's provided through Noki. Once again, go to them and say, listen, AJ's talking about all this technology and story storage to reduce cost, add value, and uh, increase your rents overall. Um, and he's using this tool called Noki. Janice, he's directing us to you. Go to them. Talk to them. Obviously, they're a sponsor. They know about our relationship. Um, and uh, use them. We're, they're, they're awesome. We use them. We've used them on our other facilities. We're building we got them three facilities now. We're building another facility. We're uh, a very large facility. We're putting them in. But it is just, we believe it's the wave of the future. Once again, that's why we had these guys on. We've tried the product out. You can see it. We have it in, in our YouTube videos. If you go to yeah. YouTube, self-storage income, I've got it in there. We talk about it. So follow the links for both of them. Check it out. Now, with that said, we're moving on to the podcast so you guys can learn how to save all this money on depreciation and tax advantages, which is Awesome. Um, so we will I, add it in from here and let them take it away. Does that sound good, Connor? Dude, I'm excited. You guys should be excited too. It's going to be awesome. All right. Yona, how's it going, man? First of all, welcome to the podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you on and we got so much to talk about. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. My pleasure, AJ. It's a pleasure to, to be honored. And, you know, it's funny, a lot of people don't think, you know, make that connection between real estate taxes and exciting in the same sentence. I know. Until you are going to hear this conversation. Right? And that's, <laughs> You're exactly right. It, it's it's, you know? it's mind boggling because and I should preface this to start out. You know, first of all, how this came to be or whatnot. Um, we have a deal, a new deal that we did in Kansas City. Um, one of my uh, partners and investors in the deal is Brian Murray. A lot of people know him from his book and all his real estate uh, uh, dealings. Um, and he called me up and he told me, um, you know, hey, I've got a guy that I've worked with. You you need to really look at him because it's on accelerated depreciation for or cost segregation, accelerated depreciation on this project that we just did. And I told Brian, and we told Brian, we're like, listen, we've done this a lot, right? right? You know, come on, we, we know what we're doing here, right? We don't need it. And he goes, just hear him out. And that led to you. And then you called us up, and at the end of the day, we ended up with a million dollars in savings. Um, so, 
maybe, for example, we're talking about this huge savings, you know, we're ecstatic. Talk about your background. And before you started saving people like me millions of dollars, how'd you become interested in tax savings? Right. <laughs> right. It's not like, you know, I, I, when I was like a kid, I'm like, I want to be a real estate, you know, cost irrigation expert when I grew up. No. So what, what it is, is I was a teacher, you know, I love my passion. I was really never into business. Like I didn't get into any of that stuff. I was really kind of a, a very spiritual person. Um, and kind of follow my passion in, in teaching and, and helping people I Had a nonprofit organization for a while. Uh, and I didn't really ever even imagine like getting into real estate until, and my parents had a couple of, um, you know, they had invested, they had a few out of state rentals that, you know, they were doing you know, single families and stuff like that. So I, I knew a little bit and I had a lot of friends who were involved in real estate, but again, it was never my interest until about five, five, six years ago, I was looking for something more, you know, a teacher's salary is not a lot. And I was like, yeah. okay, let's see what else I can do. Let's see if my, I can put my talents to use in somewhere, something else. And just reached out to, to a few friends. One of them happened to be a good friend of mine. I ran into him in the street, literally. And I was like, hey, I'm looking to do something else, like any ideas. And he happened to, his family had been in property management and owned a lot of multifamily properties for many years. And it was just a kind of random, uh, you know, meeting him on the street. And he's like, oh yeah, I've been working in, you know, commercial mortgages also for a number of years. Maybe you should just come and hang out with me and I'll like show you the ropes, teach you about commercial real estate, which he did. And I learned very quickly, picked up a lot, got involved in mortgages for a little while, did some real estate brokering, single families and things like that. Did a few fix and flips with him together and just kind of getting my feet wet and everything. But my passion was always for like helping other people and, and teaching. And so I wanted to find some avenue, you know, some outlet that I could do that. Um, and for whatever reason, again, it was just a random occurrence. The same guy introduced me to another friend of his who was working for this company, Madison Commercial Real Estate. It's a big company based in New Jersey, a national title company, you know, 1031 exchanges. And they do cost segregation as well. And I'm like, this is really interesting. Let me hear about what this is. After the first day of hearing about this, I literally was like, okay, this is something I need to do because I then learned about cost segregation um, from, from these guys. And this was just a few years ago, right? I started reaching out to all of my friends and all the colleagues I had, you know, met over the past few years in real estate, in commercial real estate. And I started asking them about this and there was two, you know, completely, um, opposite reactions from, from the people I reached out one of them. And this was usually like the very seasoned, investors, people who had been in the business for 10, 20 years or more, they're like, oh yeah, this is awesome. Like conservation, we've been doing it for years, all our properties, we haven't paid income tax in you know a decade, right? Yeah. And that was from some of them. And the other react, and a lot of them were like, oh yeah, and we use Madison, right? <laughs> so like, okay, so it's a good, and the other reaction was, I've never heard of that. Never even heard of it, right? Yeah. There was like no middle ground. It was yeah. either you knew about it and you've been using it and pay no taxes or you've never heard about it. Yeah. And that was so fascinating to me. So I just took that and like ran with it, started becoming, you know, going on podcasts like this and, mm -hmm. and, and teaching and over the years helping, you know, hundreds, hundreds of people, hundreds of clients, um, you know, save tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in taxes. 
it's, you know, it's wild because two, there's so much to not understand about it. So, you know, when you're yeah. dealing with cost segregation, which I'll have you here just to say, just explain the basics. We'll for, explain for it, right? <laughs> um, but like for my experience in it was we were told, listen, hotels, apartment buildings, they get a lot when you do cost segregation, but storage facilities, you don't because there's not toilets and there's not things that we can accelerate. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And then you come along and totally flipped that whole entire thing upside down. And we were like, why haven't we ever been told about this? That if for our industry, right? And like, why don't more people know and understand? Um, so let's get down to the basics. What yeah. is cost segregation anyways? Yeah, it's it's a weird name, and I always say that because it is. Uh, people are just thrown off by the name. But really what it is, it's basically a very advanced form of depreciation. It's It used to be called component depreciation, which makes a lot more sense when we understand what we're doing. Any commercial building, any type of property that you buy that's not your personal residence, okay? So it can be multifamily, it can be single family, it can be self-storage, retail, office, doesn't matter you get to take a tax deduction called depreciation. And it does, it's not exactly what it sounds like because depreciation sounds like a negative thing. It sounds yeah. like, okay, something's going down in value. My building is going down in value. You don't want your building to depreciate, okay? Yeah. In the real sense of the word. Yes. You actually want it to appreciate, appreciate go up in value. <laughs> and most of the time it is, mm -hmm. which is fascinating because even though your property is intrinsically appreciating, it's going up in value as time goes on, the IRS created this tax deduction called depreciation, which is based on the concept that things go down in value as time goes on. So they're going to give you literally a tax write-off, an income tax deduction of a certain percentage of that property every single year, as if, you know, magically after 27 and a half years for, for residential properties or 39 years for commercial properties, magically the whole uh, building's cost has totally disappeared. Okay, there's no more value in it whatsoever, which we know is is absurd. Yeah. Uh, but from a tax perspective, that's what they did. So, in a nutshell, when you buy a property, the day that you buy that, you get to start your 39-year schedule of taking the value of that building, the purchase price, not even how much you put in, how much was it bought for? So you may have put only 10 or 20% down and the bank paid for the rest. You get to take that tax, literally a tax write-off of that entire thing, which is which is crazy. But again, over a 39-year period, that's depreciation. Yes. When we come in, we segregate that cost, okay? We break the building's depreciation down into different components and we see things according to the IRS that certain components depreciate at faster life. So for example, personal property and things that are not structural in the building actually depreciate on a five-year schedule, which means you can take the value of those things, if it's equipment or if it's carpeting or wall coverings and self-storage, there's things like climate control is a very big one, right? And things, security systems, all these kinds of things depreciate on a five-year schedule, meaning you could take the value of that over a five-year period. There's another big category called land improvements, which is landscaping or pavement, right? When you're dealing with self-storage, you have parking, you have the, you know, the street, the pavement, the concrete, you have fencing, 
things outside the building, you know, strain, uh, <laughs> storm drainage systems, all of those things uh, have value and depreciate on a 15 year schedule. So again, we're finding all those things and applying them, creating this very detailed report that shows how these things depreciate faster. Okay. So, you know, there's so much to unpack here because <laughs> I want to talk about so much of this, you know, when we're looking at all real estate, right. Um, w w that is the magic really of real estate. And I look at it like this right? whereas I pay like millions in taxes, right? Those taxes are property taxes. If right. I didn't wipe out my income tax, which I haven't paid income tax and years because of depreciation. But if I didn't wipe that out, it would like never be worth it because I have to pay already in property taxes. So, you know, these things that government have put into place are very important. And as real estate investors, they're one of the main reasons because I would much rather pay the taxes with inside the LLC and the corporate structure than outside. They're not the same thing. They're very different. And it's very advantageous the way it's structured for real estate investors. And but that is a general overall, like you're talking about depreciation schedule. Right. And that is powerful. Right. So then I look at this uh, um, once again, this segmenting of items that you can depreciation uh, depreciate out is that's like putting steroids on it. It's like right. and two, it's like you get it all up front which is is really good. And there's other things that we've used that, that have great depreciation schedules, everything from different type of energy sectors, right? Or jets, right? Those are great tax loopholes and things. But when real estate, um, I don't think a lot of people know there's two types of depreciation. Why, could you give an example of the power, first of all, of it, or that, you know, using one side and not using the other side and what may you may be leaving on the table so that somebody can, because this, unless you kind of see it or understand it in practice, it's hard to really grasp. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Um, like you said, there's, there's tax benefits are one of the main reasons, um, and especially income tax benefits of real estate investing. So when you're taking depreciation uh, deductions, so those go directly to offset any first of first and foremost, any rental property income. So if you have a business or you have, you know, these properties that are making money, that income can be offset. That means you can literally use these deductions to go against that income to knock that down entirely, not have any tax liability on that amount. So that's first and foremost. Okay. Once you have that and you create even more deductions, because again, like you said, it's like it's like depreciation on steroids. When you get this huge lump sum up front, you can have what's called a passive loss. Okay, that passive loss, you know, it doesn't go away. But what happens is, if you're a real estate professional, meaning your main business is in the real estate trader business, you can use those deductions to offset your ordinary income as well. Okay, so we're not only talking about real estate deductions here. We're talking about income tax like strategy to pay little to no income tax whatsoever. Or, or other businesses, right? So I have other, other businesses, businesses that correct. I own. And yeah. it's not only like my 
real estate business, which are the assets that I hold that produce passive income for me. I also own like a sales business, which all the assets are concentrated on simply individuals. I have no hard assets, very high margins, right? Lots of cash flow. That's taxed extremely high. I have product-based businesses, which we get taxed taxed on products that we have that we haven't even sold yet, which is mm-hmm. not tax advantage at all, right? right? So in my real estate business offsets all those taxes for right. me. Like that yeah. is powerful. That's, uh, that's the main reason why people go in full-time into real estate. So if anyone listening to this is like considering, well, I'm passively investing or I'm trying to get involved, is it worth it, you know, making X amount of money in my other businesses? But once you take into the consideration that your other businesses, you know, you're you're taxed at sometimes if you're making good money at the highest possible income tax rate. Mm-hmm. Once you factor in what real estate can do for you on a full-time basis by getting that real estate professional status, use those passive deductions from cost segregation to offset your other business income, then that calculation is pretty clear. And I I recommend everyone to, you know, sit back and and try to figure that out for themselves. Now, does this matter based upon state? And what does it look like in the different asset classes? So if I'm in mobile home parks versus uh, uh, hotels versus right apartment buildings, self-storage, how does that vary? It does. There's one thing that varies from state to state. Um, and definitely, you know, there, there are things in different asset classes that will have, depre- you know, items that depreciate faster more than others. Um, but let me take the first question first. Yeah. There's something called, we, and we talked about, we kind of alluded to it, something, a new tax rule called 100% bonus depreciation. I think it's really important to point this out because this is a rule that allows you to take all of that accelerated depreciation and instead of spreading it over a five-year schedule, which is great, or a 15-year schedule for those items, you have the option to take the entire amount of that in the first year. Okay, that's where this huge, you know, influx of deductions come in, that's 100% bonus depreciation. The one difference one on a state level, because we're talking about federal income tax, but this also applies to your state income taxes. The one thing that makes difference is there are, I think, three states that don't recognize this 100% bonus depreciation rule that was created um, a couple of years ago. One of them is California, and so that comes to no surprise. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I, think, uh, New, I think Pennsylvania and New York are the other two states. I'm not 100% sure on those other two, yeah. but basically almost every other state. And that means if the property is in that state, okay. whether you can use that. Um, other types of properties, what we're doing is, we're, again, we're looking at personal property, that's five-year schedule, and land improvements, 15-year schedule. Mobile home parks, you you mentioned there, happen to be one of the biggest because there's something unique about mobile home parks where when you're buying it, you own basically just the land and the land improvements. Because many cases, if you don't actually own the homes themselves, and this is, people strive for this to buy a mobile home park where they don't actually own the mobile homes. They just own uh, the land and the concrete pads under each home and the tenants own their own homes. And they rent that you know kind of space to the tenant. Well, if you're buying a property like that, you essentially are just buying the land and land improvements, and so therefore you're almost. I mean, I've seen literally up to seventy or eighty percent of your 
purchase price go into the land improvements, go into that accelerated depreciation. Whereas another type of property like a commercial or self-storage, it's usually more around the 20 to 30% reallocation. Yeah. So if you buy a million dollar property, you know, you're looking at about $200,000, $300,000 you know, accelerated depreciation. Uh, but mobile home park, you're looking at a seven dollars to $800,000 depreciation, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, that is... I mean, so to give you any idea, I, I'm buying a um, office building, which you will be working on too, by the way, just to let you know. <laughs> but um, I'm buying an office building on a major exit into a downtown area. I, um, we're converting it into a storage. So we're gutting this entire 100,000 square feet, feet thing. We're turning it into indoor climate controlled. So we're almost like merging the two assets because the building, everything, all that, that all still exists. It's on four acres. You know, we're looking at like a... Uh, $9 million acquisition, total build, all in cost. Um, we'll put $3 million into it. And that's one after you did our other property that was 100,000 square feet. I started looking at this and I'm like, our depreciation on this new building we're doing could add up to literally like what we put into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And the other thing is when you're putting those capital improvements in, that money is depreciated as well. And you can segregate those costs as well, meaning not just, just the acquisition cost, because that's all always. When you buy a property, your depreciation starts based on the acquisition cost and the day you buy it. But when you do improvements or do a remodel, something like that, all that money being spent is also depreciated. And often there's a lot more, a much higher percentage that can be you know depreciated from that cost. So yeah, it's it's a huge double benefit when you uh, when you look at it like that. Oh well, I could literally you know I could talk to you about this all day. I know you have a hard stop, <laughs> so you know I'm gonna be very concerned of your time. Um, first of all, this is uh, you know this is a, a a powerful tool. Where can people go to find out more about this? See if they qualify or anything, because I would direct anybody uh, your way. Um, we've been very, very impressed in, in what you do, how you explain it. You're you were obviously a teacher, which uh, you do a very good job on the education in, in this realm. Where can we send people to you? Where should people go? The best place to find me, believe it or not, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, and so I'm check that more than my email. Uh, so you can find me there. Uh, definitely connect with me. Mention you listen to the AJ's podcast there. Uh, you can also go to yonawice.com. So just my name, uh, or you can reach out to our company. Also, Madison Specs, we're the largest national consolidation company. Uh, but if you want to reach out to me directly, then those are, you know, those first two options are the best. Everybody, Yona Weiss, you're the man. Thank you. I sincerely appreciate your time that you've taken out to uh, come on here to tell us more about this wonderful tool. So we'll send everybody your way. And thanks again, man. It's been my pleasure, AJ. Thank you. 